Hello, podcast listeners. Uh, this is Mary Peterson, the housing specialist with Heartbeat International and the facilitator of the National Attorney Housing Coalition. As always, it is a delight to be chatting with one of our housing leaders and really trying to think deeply about how to do our work better, how to engage with residents um, with more love, uh, more genuine and authentic interaction. So have the delight of welcoming uh, Rhonda Weddle to join us for today's podcast. So Rhonda, thank you so much for being with us. Would you mind introducing yourself a little bit? Yes, um, that's fine. I'm Rhonda Weddle and I work at Mother's Refuge as the education coordinator. I've been there for four years now and this last year I've just been um, coordinating the education part and working with the girls from a different aspect. As you may tell me from my accent, I'm from Australia. And I've um, come to the US for a change of life, and I certainly found that through working with Mother's Refuge. Awesome. I had the joy of chatting with Rana and others from Mother's Refuge at the Missouri Alliance for Life Home Connection last week. It was fun to kind of be in person. I think one thing I really that stood out to me in talking you are listening to or watching interact with others is really a healthy sense of self-care and a healthy you're really a dynamic individual and kind of all the examples you gave to me just really reflected being able to to be in this work with a lot of life uh, I really respected that so grateful that you'd be willing to kind of unpack that a little bit uh, with us so you offered to talk a bit about hard conversations with the residents so really trying to kind of explore this idea of those like really tough conversations and you have to sit down and have that moment of difficult conversation. And you referenced the heart of the matter, right? Getting to the yes. heart of the matter. So I was hoping you could kind of just share what that means to you as you're as we're looking at hard conversations. Can you just kind of give us a sense of what that, that moment looks like to you? Yeah, okay. Well, what I have to consider first is where the girls come from and the age group that we deal with. So the ages range between 12 to 21. And also conceal they come from many different backgrounds and subcultures in our community. Some of the girls may have been sleeping outdoors or couch surfing or been foster care or have been asked to leave the home when, they, when they've told their parents that she was pregnant. So then when the girl comes to us, she may be suffering from rejection, abuse in its many forms, um, nutritional and health issues, or she may be a casual drug user. So we've got to kind of consider all of these things and their perspective with working with our girls. So therefore, we need to teach the girls about the consequences of all their actions and many other situations as they arise. We find often that the, um, the girls that we work with don't really understand how their decisions bring the consequences to their actions. It's their decisions. They've got to work within the boundaries of humanity and life and the culture that they're in. It's a continual challenge to get them to grasp consequences. So our program introduces the girls to structure and provides a foundation for learning. So in saying that, we can find that a girl may react to the structure we offer as they don't understand it and may see it as another form of control that will produce an unproductive outcome for them. So when I say react, they react often in a bad way. They think it's more like, well, someone else is just telling me what to do in my life. Someone else is just trying to be in control. I know what's best for me. So we understand that that internal language is happening. So we need to come from to understand their point of view and let it marry up with our point of view. Yes. I have a great articulation, that sense of we see it as structure, right? We provide structure yeah. and, you know, framework, and that they understand it as we're trying to control their lives. And just to keep that idea at the forefront, you know, because even at that most basic level, 
um, there's a there's a disconnect um, um, that, and I have a really great articulation of attention that I think all homes feel between those two things. It's a it's a constant tension and it's draining. Um, that's what's kind of really important to work as a group that understands um, not rules so much. Like you can't always saying this is the rules, this is the rules, because then you become that overbearing one again. But it's more like this is the guidelines. And be willing to yeah. negotiate with the guidelines. You know, sometimes we've had girls turn up and they, there's been a... There can be any situation they're going to react to. So they could, you know, say, this is your chore. Well, I don't want to do that thing. I don't want to... So they can come to me and they're angry uh, just about any issue. They can be wa- yelling, waving their arms and looking aggressive. But as long as they're not hurting anyone or themselves in what they're doing, it's fine. They need to vent. They need to be heard. So when I'm confronting someone like that or standing with someone like that, it's important to consider what is happening in their heart. She, so since they may have come from relative or other forms of abuse, they've been living in various foster homes, they feel rejected, lost, sick, being in emotional pain, physical pain, be grieving, be feeling terribly alone and more. So since many of our girls have had people making decisions for them without even asking what they need or even want or what their goals are, so they may act out and react when they feel that this is happening again. This is another group that's not even considering what I want to do today. And then like a lot of our girls in our house, because they're teenagers, when you're younger, you think one day I'm going to be able to do what I want. One day I'm going to I'm going to be a teenager. I'm going to do this and that. And then they find they're pregnant. And it's an absolute massive shock because the freedom they thought they were going to get has gone. Now they're a mum. Now they're responsible for a little adult. And there is that sense of loss, that grieving process, The um, this baby that just always wants me when I just want him to be free, when I just want him to be a teenager running around with my phone and my nails and not have to consider any responsibilities yet. So that is a massive shock to someone that, that even if they've, they've come from like a fairly well-structured home and mum and the parents are just absolutely shocked and they send the girl off to a, a place like Mother's Refuge, she's all of us, she has the same dreams. Yeah. For freedom, yeah. for just enjoying and going out with my friends and now all of a sudden I'm out here on my own and I'm going to be a mum. And it's somehow in you remembering whatever's coming at you is reflective of something deeper, right? It's kind of this. It, it always of, is. Yeah. Well, there's you a lot of. You see what that happens as something's coming at you and it looks one way. It looks anger. It looks frustration. It looks you can't. You know, you're not the boss of me. Whatever that looks like. What happens internally to help that shift happen? Well, internally, we need to be reflective. And, and sometimes it's really hard when, as a house parent, you've been running around taking girls to appointments, you've been meeting all their needs, seeing a doctor and school and jobs and all those kinds of things, and you can be tired yourself. But sometimes you just don't want to consider anyone else. But yeah, it's yeah. just really important in our job to stop. And if you find, like I found when working with house parents and being a house parent myself, just to maybe we'll just shut the office door and you look at the internet for a while and be on your own for a bit and we'll just put up that you're, you're like we just let the girls know, oh, she's doing a private thing. So just to breathe. Do what yeah. you do to breathe. And then come back to what you need to do later. It really has to be has to be saying to yourself, I am the one who's in control of my emotions, not the client, not the resident, not the girl. She's not in control of my emotions. So and and to there's like an empowerment in that because the teenagers, in order for them to control their lives, they will not like I think it's more of a subconscious basis, they will stir the pot because they don't want to do a thing, and if an argument ensues, well, then perhaps they'll get out of it. So, 
So they will stir the pot and get people worked up. And, and it kind of, there's some, I've seen some girls kind of hope that the house parent says, well, I'll just go and do it myself. Forget it. But you haven't taught them anything. So take a minute to breathe. Take a minute. Get a glass of water, just a, a second. Even if you've got to just go for a walk yourself, come back and reface the issue that's going on. Because it's, it's, um, there is a, like a thought process among teenagers that whatever anyone in authority, whenever I ask anyone in authority anything, they're going to say no. So they come already with a fantastic argument in their mind as to why they should have what they want. Like, I don't want to make my bed, and this is why. I'm going to get back into it later, so what's the point of making it? Well, it's kind of not the point. The point is neatness in your room and self-respect and self-esteem. So that's the, the, pro, the process that we're trying to teach, and they, it just takes a while to get that through. There's a, there's a massive process to get those small things happening, you know, in, in our mind, but to them it's a big thing. It's going to be something. But two, on the other hand, you need to choose your battles. You can say today, well, you know, it's a Saturday, we'll just leave it, but I'm going to expect you to make it all week. You know, we can work with that. We can kind of make a negotiation and just let the other house parents know that, like, we can negotiate on that. Like, we had one girl, she wanted to put up a curtain all the time. We can't have curtains, fire regulations and whatever. So we just let it put up at night time, but you've got to take it down in the day. It just made her feel safe. That was something she was in control of. So, so I think... Picking your battles, seeing what they need to feel somehow they're in control of something is really important. It helps the conversation begin. I've heard in talking to homes the sense of if we give the moms more control, more choice in their situation, won't they just walk all over us or won't we lose control? You know, there's a kind of a fear maybe that the staff will lose the ability to, to maintain the environment um, of the house. And, the, you know, and giving the moms control, we'll lose it. Can you speak to that reality or well, possibility kind of, or that's not even real? You know? Well, it's kind of like um, accepting the fact as a house parent that we follow guidelines. So, and the girls must hit a strict and firm rules. But if we can negotiate them and give them some choices, it, it does work better. So, so when the girls said they'll do something and they're just being defiant in general, well, then there's a talking to and we'll say, well, well what do you think the consequences should be of this? And um, they go, well, I don't know. You just decide. Well, so I'm going to decide a hard thing. So if you, if you can find something, give me some options. And I might say, well, here's some options you can choose. So you might lose a couple of hours of an outing. You might have to do an extra chore. You might. So we kind of want them to choose the outcomes of their actions so they can learn that your choices give you the outcomes. Your choices give you the, the results. So um, we're hoping that they learn at the beginning to make a good choice, say do your chore, go to classes, go to school, because the outcomes are much easier for you. But if you want to lay in bed all day and don't want to go to school, well, perhaps you're too tired to have that outing on the weekend. You know? So like, we've got to kind of get them to start the process of I've done something wrong, I'm going to claim it, I'm going to work with it, or then look reflectively and say, well, if I do that, I'm going to lose this. So now, now I'm making good choices. Now I'm going to not lose my privileges. This really represents a shift within the housing world, right? We used to be real rule-focused and follow the rules. Yeah. Don't follow the rules. There's this consequence. And in, in many ways, this language, this mentality is a real kind of shift of perspective and how to help that's create true. the environment of a home. Is there anything that's been real helpful? I mean, maybe this comes naturally to you, but for some people, this is a real, like, oh, big change, you know. Is there anything yeah. that's been helpful to you in trying to make that shift or learn or well, strategy? Or I kind of learned a while ago that we should actually my, my personal 
um, idea is we should stop calling them teenagers or adolescents and those kinds of things because that kind of puts people of those teen years into a distant, more greater at arm's length box. I like to prefer to think of all these girls that we work with as adults in training. So when I have that concept of this person is going to be learning to be an adult with me, like an apprentice, they're apprentice adults. They need to find out the actions and are going to have responses. There's going to be consequences. There's going to be, because with freedom in this world comes great responsibility. So if they can grasp this responsibility and consequences through the time that they're with us, because they can stay with us until their baby's one. So they may be with us for a while. So if they learn that, they will have an easier life and, and make choices better. But if we understand, like me as a person, if I understand, they're just apprentices. When you, when you get an apprentice, say a carpenter, well, they're not going to be able to build a house this week. They're probably going to cut their finger or slam their thumb with a hammer or something before they realize oh, what yeah. you should keep out the way when you start hammering. And the people, these young people into their teen years have the same thing happening. They're going to you know, do something where they're going to hurt themselves. But let's just hope the hurt is just something temporary now. It's just a lesson, yeah. not something that's going to be maiming or life-threatening or change their lives for worse but teach them how to figure it out first get your thumb out of the way before you hit <laughs> if you can yeah if you can grasp what i'm saying there i'm not sure if i've communicated that yeah well, well the apprentice idea has a lot of side-by-side work in it you know that it's not yeah. that we expect the women to be able to do this thing that we're going to do a lot of side-by-side stuff you know she can learn it um, so I, that, I really resonate with that concept in it, that it's like yeah. the staff engagement there is really intense, though, you know, for um, to have yeah. to kind of be side by side and teaching, you know, through daily life moments. Well, I see, I see that every form of engagement with our girls is a teachable moment. Our actions and how we treat each other as house parents or even how we, we have a volunteer come in or even just someone who's coming to donate, every time we speak to someone is a teaching moment even by example for our girls those kinds of things we can turn a girl around from being angry and not wanting to listen to is an ongoing challenge challenge so it needs to be by example it needs to be us showing them then that there is another way you don't have to use anger as a motivation we can just talk quietly and quite logically so um but then so there's the other aspect of where, from where the girls are coming from. They um, have decided their goals and their expectancies and actions and beliefs and interests and opinions, and they think they're modern and correct. To a young person's mind, that is more valid and to be more taken note of. But when the situation occurs, we continue doing what we need to do. Then after they leave the program, more often than not, they realize, well, we'll ride. <laughs> and they might come back yeah. for assistance or talk to us, and they're welcome to do that. We kind of have a, an aftercare program. So... That's one sort of section of girls. Then at the other time, we've had the difficult discussions and she can be angry, but as long as the girl is felt heard and to to say, because when girls have come through the situation, more often than not, they're saying, no one hears me, no one hears So it needs to be brought back to teaching them that, yes, I hear you, that, yeah, and yes, I'm listening to what you're saying and, I, and understanding that there's nothing Right, nothing is more important right now than what they're feeling and what they're going through. So if they're validated in that way, they're more likely to listen to you as well. And it helps to break down barriers. Even when we disagree, we can have a relationship. And that helps them to, to understand the security in boundaries. 
And then there can be starting to accept. Like we, we had kind of an example. Um, I did the chore roster up. Someone had changed it without asking me, but some of the girls on there knew knew how I do the roster and they figured they'll be next doing a certain job. And then someone changed it and I had like there was an upheaval. So in saying that, I realized that our girls, even though they complain about their chores, they love the foundation of scheduling. That's yeah. really big. That is really big. Yeah. So just to have that security that somewhere in their life, this is what's happening next week, this is what's happening after that, and they can decide then to join us in working working together with that so we can teach them. But often too, when, they, when they're kind of um, looking at that and they may rebel, there's a question that they're often asking is, how much will you love me? So they need to know that when, when they're being reactive, they're really asking, how, how far do I have to push you before you won't love me like everybody else that I've had in my life? So if we can keep loving them as a group and showing that stability, that foundation, and keeping to the standards and the guidelines, they know that they're loved then. We, I've even had one girl when she, she came in and we said, now because of this thing you did, A, B, and C, where you can't have this weekend outing, and she stood there and cried, not because she missed out on her weekend outing, but because someone finally cared enough to help her control herself. It's those moments that just make the job, you know, it, it, it makes it Absolutely easier. Reconnect with it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I had to, you know, this, what I hear you saying is like when you're encountering attitude or anger, you know, it's like listening for that deeper message, which might be, I don't feel heard. I don't feel safe. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what to expect. I feel out of the situation's out of control. There's yeah. some kind of deeper heart message that, you know, really our work as basically healthy functioning adults is to kind of speak into Whatever heart message she's given us, I, yeah. I need to be heard. I want to feel safe. I want to feel in control. I need to know I'm loved. Whatever that is that she's sending, um, yeah. is, is the it, thing to respond to. It's 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 true. And like sometimes you feel like you want to hug these girls because you just love to. But touch is something that that has been abused for a lot of the girls' lives. Mm-hmm. So I kind of offer air hugs, <laughs> quick. Let's yeah. have an air hug and a kiss in the air yeah. and off we go. And they might think I'm a bit crazy, but it's something you can do. And if, and if whatever, I think whatever suits a person's personality to connect with a girl who's really hurting, a little bit crazy, a little bit fun, we need to show them too that we're adults and, and humans, I suppose that's a better word, and we have our crazy edge too and it's all okay to have fun. We don't have to be like serious following guidelines, but too, we do factor in fun things. So too, the house parents can meet the girls on a different level, say for swimming or some sporting activity or going to a concert and things like that. So um, they get to see that we're just normal human beings and we have lives too, but we have learned that through following the structure and foundations and embracing boundaries that our lives can be a lot better. So the girls do see that about us. Yeah. I don't think there's a time they're not watching what we do. <laughs> so there's kind of this dynamic in our housing world of like we have programs, right, that have guidelines and structure and whatever. Yeah. And yet we're trying to encounter each gal individually, personally, and we're trying to show up as a staff member with our gifts and talents and show up personally and individually. I don't know if you feel that tension at all or if, it, or if there's a way to maybe speak about that reality of like needing to have structured guidelines, program, training, training modules and all that stuff as well as kind of the individual yeah. dynamic. Well, there's kind of um... – because we teach a lot of classes at the house. So if, if the house parents can teach them, and I've often seen it do it, they'll bring like a lesson down to the point where the girl needs to hear it. And, and you don't have to be, well, we're probably going to teach some sort of aspect of relationships. 
And she might then start talking about, well, her brother or whatever. And we can talk about that to make it relatable, like we're still doing the class, but to make that relatable and also then throw in some of the experiences that we've had. I think that the connection really helps to break down the, like the intensity of emotion and all the things that you're thinking of when you're, when you're with these girls. I know that everyone has to figure it out for themselves and use their own style. Can you share maybe some of the things that help keep you calm, in the zone, present? You mentioned just kind of taking time out, but are there anything that, that comes to mind that helps you kind of stay present to the situation and not get caught up in your own emotion or your own frustration? Or Well, I think that there's a process of learning to be separated yourself, to have strong boundaries yourself, the two to give yourself self-care so when you go home and um, realize that you're stepping away from one world into another world and to leave it all behind. So that, don't get that big build-up of emotion and because and you're there, your brain is, is watching, your eyes are perceiving the girl doing this, your mind and heart are listening to, well, what is she feeling right now? It's kind of very intense. But I think, too, having a joke and messing around is actually kind of relieving. It's also good for you all. So you can cope with what's what's happening with with these girls, with these uh, lovely girls. So, yeah, I think that part of, of being able to stop, being able to shut a door, being able to just have a few minutes to yourself, or even if you can go upstairs, if you've got a place where you can just walk away and talk to someone else for a few minutes, let off steam and come back in. And it takes a while of practice to not take on board what the girls are saying about you and how they're treating you because they will come in and there's some girls that can be quite aggressive and I hate you and all those kinds of things. But it's okay if they hate you because they're just venting about, they just hate everyone often, <laughs> venting about the pain and the things that they've been through in their life and taking it out on you. And sometimes I think they take it out on you because you're the safe place. You're not going to react. You're not going to take it on board you know, let them say what they need to say and we'll say okay then well, now we just need to organize this thing and or come back in 15 minutes or an hour or maybe I'll see you tomorrow about this giving them some space too just as much as you give yourself some space while organizing the what they need to do with their appointments and scheduling I think you're a great example yeah. of that just based on the little little bit that I heard um yeah so thanks for being a witness of that it's hard you know because there is genuine relationship and we all want what's best for the women it's hard not to take it personally it's hard not to be invested in their you know in their good successes as well as their mistakes and somehow to separate ourselves yeah. from that is it's a hard practice but one that keeps us able to do it for the long haul and that's yeah. you know I, yeah somehow figuring that out is a, is a Which I think I think it's really good to focus on the girls that that are willing to learn and wanting to invest their time and wanting to hear from you, wanting to discuss. And sometimes you get like the more aggressive girls that don't want to learn from anybody. But then there's the girls that come along that really want to learn. And you're there often for that one, that one that wants to learn, that one that wants to grasp, that one that wants to to step up and understand what's happening in her life. And like, like seriously, some of the girls we have, they don't know how to cook two-minute noodles. They don't know, they don't know how to cut an onion. They don't know... So we kind of get alongside and work with them on that. And that's just kind of like a, um, like when I say they can't cook too many, there's lots of things they can't do to survive in this world out on their own. So they, they can't do the simplest things, so they, and there's a, the big things. So when you get one that wants to learn those simple things, well, you're well on the path 
to learn the bigger things and and to focusing on the reward of working with the girls and seeing healthy babies. So when you look at the statistics with babies that are born with no prenatal care, underweight, sickly, there's a risk of SIDS. As a baby that has been born to a mum that's had lots of prenatal care, they're mm-hmm. healthy, they get good APGARP scores, they, um, they're a nice weight, the mum delivers well, she bounces back well. And then the, the babies are just happy and we say fat and happy and round and yeah, after all the love yeah. they get in the house. So I think that, that when you have this sort of situation that, that you're actually not only improving this part of the generation that you've been able to touch improving their lifestyle, but you're also making a strong foundation in the baby that's being born, like a strong physical healthy foundation. So they, will be, they won't be like a sickly baby that's needing lots of medical care because the mother's had good prenatal care. So too, it, it does encourage yourself to think about all the good that you're doing in this generation that so needs the help and the ears and the heart of adults that are around them that are going to listen and they're going to hear the heart. Is there anything that you've read or any trainings that you've been to that really helped you kind of have this perspective? Anything that you've offered to other people as useful or is it just kind of lessons learned and walking through it and... Keep, you know, well, keeping at it. And... Well, actually, when I, when I raised my own children, I did studies myself, and that's when I coined the, the phrase of their adults, apprentice adults. Yeah. And I think that that helped me change my perspective of of raising and looking after teenagers. But right. too, I, I do always have done a lot of personal study, and I also, when I was in Australia, I did some, um, I have a, like a degree in social services, and these issues were discussed about about abuse and and how to deal with all kinds of different people and their different perspectives. And I do have a background in domestic violence training when I was in Australia. Yeah, there's a kind of dynamic of professional skills and all the things that come along with that, but also the work of loving well and loving being a basically healthy, functioning adult that can love well. It's kind of that dynamic of both, right, that there are professional skills that we can learn. I think it's good too, like if you can get yourself involved in a healthy church community as well. And when you're involved in a big community, you can see a lot of things that happen and, and then there's that, that um, like the training that you get just being with people in those communities as well. I was yeah. involved in one for a long time in Australia and, and the, I did some training there as well for counselling and, and um, things on that kind of topic. So I think that you need the broader community yourself and it helps it helps the girls that we're working with discover that yeah. they need the broader yeah, community. We need to also. love well, right? Yeah. We're right about time. I always like to kind of just ask if there's anything else that came to mind that you didn't have a chance to say or kind of any just encouragement for folks. You know, they're in the day in, day out of this work. Um, and, and what encouragement in this topic you'd offer? As encouragement, I think they should look for that one. That one that that you can make a difference in their lives, that one that that knows that you're here, that one that will listen to you and that one that's going to be open with you and talk to you about all the, the things in life, like their boyfriend and all the things, that, that one that you connect with. And you may not get that one for a long time, but when you do, just treasure that one and it helps you realize that maybe who's going to be the next one. Maybe this thing I'm telling this girl, she's going to one day, 10 years later, she might hear my voice saying those words of advice that I gave. It always comes back. Advice always comes back. So I think that if you help focus on that one and look after yourself, keep yourself strong, keep doing research, keep yourself studying and get as much information as you can in as you're giving out because you can be just exhausted if you don't. And thank you for the witness of that in your own life. So 
grateful you. for your insights and grateful that you're willing to share them with our housing world. So it's been a joy to chat with you and, uh, yeah, just grateful. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. So with that, we are signing off and we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy Help Podcast. To subscribe to future episodes, access resources related to today's session, or listen to previous episodes, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.